This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Fire for them, fire for them. If you're looking for that 35 bag umbrella and all damn thing there, keep it locked with this Unomics podcast. 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 Yo, people, what's going on? You're now listening to Hashtag Dysonomics Podcast. I hope you've had a fantastic week. Mine, not too bad. Been better, been worse. First things first, you better have listened to episode 242, Sneakonomics. Stop crying about resellers. And I was joined by Greg, who spent a lifetime working in sports apparel. And Shaq also spent a lifetime working in sports apparel and sneakerhead. We spoke about the world of trainers, how prices have gone up over years, how popular trainers that many a year ago were a certain price of increase in price, drop culture, raffles, where raffles came from, bots, what does that mean for the real sale market? And do we have a right to complain about resellers? We also spoke about the impact of celebrities, Instagram, influencers. It was a great, great pod make sure you check that out 57 minutes of pure banter knowledge that was the last episode and of course before that episode two for one stingy rishi spring spring budget fell and windfall tax so i look at the budget so the budget launched last week you probably need to know what's going to happen with your taxes so if i was you i'll make sure i listen to that and yeah that's about it in terms of announcement oh of course this is not this podcast if you are listening to this on spotify or you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please give a nice review, preferably five stars. You get me? Currently on Spotify, got 116 reviews, five stars. We absolutely love to see it. Let's keep that up. You get me? But yeah, this week's podcast is a bit of a freestyle vibe. I'm just talking about social media and then the impact it has on just a lot of things. I thought it'd be a quite a cool, like kind of retrospective type pod just to just have a chat with you people on my observation of social media and eco chambers and how it's trying to kind of divert some of the laws of life that we kind of had the status quo the katie's paribus if that's the correct terminology so yeah let me know what you guys think hi guys mxm and listen to the dysonomics podcast because it's late yo people this is a dysonomics podcast i hope you are alive and well and this episode, we're going to like have a chat about like, the impact of social media and for the, for the better and for the worse. And is it social media or is it just people with a platform? So what is social media? What was, I'll, I'll be interested to know what you people's um, introduction to social media was. I'm 32, I turned 33 in September. So I think the first bit of social media I probably engaged with with was um, MSN, a messenger service. And back in these times, when I was a teenager, 
like internet, like the big thing was AOL, they're like the best internet and it was a dial-up thing. Or what's, a, what's dial-up? You literally have to get like a long cable to connect from your, from the wide, from whatever the internet port was into your computer. And I think that was like the same phone line, same line as the phone. So you, I don't think you could do two at the same time if I remember correctly. I should have researched this, but those are the times. These are times of bare share, line one, and that's how I was downloading music and stuff. So like the first bit of social media I experienced was MSN. And this was done by Microsoft. And effectively you have your MSN login, whatever it was. And you have your contact list. And you can have chats with people. You can have, I think you can have group chats and whatever. And was it ping or nudge? Like if someone else responds to your message, you can nudge them where it shakes their whole screen. Kind of like a Blackberry ping. And that was really, really cool. Like. As a youth, we lived on MSN, especially during six one times. MSN was the thing. And I think MSN might have got used at uni, if I can remember. I think like the first like, like maybe website social media platform I used was probably MySpace, I think. And I think I used it very sparingly. Um, I wasn't very much big on MySpace. Quite a few of my friends were big on MySpace. And when I say big, I mean, maybe not big in terms of like, Friends, I wasn't big in that terms either, but in terms of usage, there was stuff like Pixo and other bits and pieces that I never got involved with at all. I, I don't think I really knew of their existence until a bit later on. So yeah, MSN was my introduction to social media. Then there was Facebook and Facebook was the vibes. Facebook was the thing. So I remember banging out Facebook and especially uni. So I remember I was connecting with people from my uni, I think, throughout the African Caribbean Society, I went to University of Birmingham, so I met a few people um, digitally before I met them in person in university. And luckily I went to university with my boy Chris um, from sixth form. So I already had like a friend there and then I kind of digitally met some people and then obviously meet them in person. So uni, like the social life was calm. But yeah, Facebook was so interesting. Like, for the younger people, like, our reality was so different to maybe yours now. Like, for example, now, if you're going out to a party or, for, or to dinner, birthday, holidays, we have the iPhones, the Androids, the Samsungs, the Googles, all these other phones that take absolutely phenomenal footage. Like, the picture quality... The video quality is amazing. Like you can shoot on, you can shoot in 4K on these phones, and instantly you could upload these pictures to a cloud, to a social media platform. You could send it via text, you send it via email, you could send it via Bluetooth, AirDrop, WhatsApp, whatever. And these memories can be captured digitally, instantly. In fact, you could bloody go on Insta Live. I remember being in Mykonos, and my but look, my best mate Martha, shout out MXN Worlds, make sure to subscribe, follow her on TikTok and all them things there. Losing Joy coming out soon, inshallah. You can, she she went on Insta Live when we are making us. Like, I think this was like the um, villa party. And people anywhere around the world, as long as they've got access to that Insta Live, can watch people have fun, talk, whatever, on, on Instagram Live. Now, when I was a, a young man, 19 years old, I was in uni, this is how we went down. A rave was probably advertised on Facebook via word of mouth. 
cool. You might pattern the tickets beforehand or you might buy on the door, whatever, cool. Even your journey, you will call a cab company. Yo, can we get a cab, da da da, Selly Oak to Broad Street, da da da, cool. Boom, agree a price, or they'll tell you a price and then boom, whatever, cool. You get there now. The pictures taken in the in the in the function were digital cameras, and you would wait for somebody to upload that album onto Facebook and tag you, or there might be ray photos. Those are the best ones because they're the highest quality, and you're just hoping that the pictures came out, or you're hoping you weren't slipping. And if you got tagged on some some meaty pictures, you'll be fuming like big man. Why are you trying to? What are you trying to do here? Like, what are you trying to get into? Why are you uploading these ridiculous photographic pictures of man? How am, I, how am I looking special here? The ones you had them people that will upload a pic, make it their profile pic and them things there. As long as they're looking good, they don't care if you're looking meaty. If one eye is going northwest, one eye is going south. Do you know what I mean? Makeup looking haram. Or your trim, you're not catching the right angle. Or in this picture, your shirt was uneven. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're just not, the hat was wonky. Do you get it? Like, <laughs> that was a whole thing back in my day. I'm sounding like an old timer, but that was the process. Like when I went to university, I think this is when the first camera phones were coming about. And I think I might've had one and it was a camera you had to attach to the phone. Right? This is before this. And the reason I downloaded Instagram was because I saw my, my boy Meads who had the iPhone before me, Shark Meads, because he had some cool filters on his picture. I was like, yo, big man, where did you get that? So Facebook was a thing, right? So you could write on people's Facebook statuses, uh, people, you'll post Facebook, like how Twitter was where you just post random thoughts. You do that on Facebook, but there's probably less thoughts posted a day and it wasn't just completely, there was completely random, but yeah, it was different. Like, your Facebook status couldn't really go global on like Twitter. And even pictures, you could put your albums on private or certain people could only see certain bits and pieces. And maybe people, people could see the pictures that you were tagged in or you might take that down. So that was our social media. And thinking back to those times, granted, I was in my early 20s. Was there pressure on social media? People wanted to look good and there were similar pressures, I would say, that, that there is now. So, for example, I remember being like, yo, going to this new rave, like, I need to get something new from Boring because I don't know where... Okay, cool. Let me take you back in time. What was the fashion then? Yeah. Ralph Lauren? In. Lalan Scott? In. I'm trying to think what else. I think Abercrombie might have been in them times. Um, True Religion, in. Ed Hardy, in. So I'm like, oh, Ralph, I've got a couple of Ralphies. I've worn, I've worn all of them. I need to go get something new. G-Star, in. Birmingham man put me on G-Star. So oh, let me go grab some G-Star or go grab something like Lionel Scott or Armani Exchange. Like different, I was thinking of getting new drip because I thought all the stuff I've bought already has already been on the, on Facebook. I was on the gram, see muscle memory. So there was definitely that like where people didn't want to be seen to wear certain bear on Facebook because you, you had them comments like, oh, uh, every time man's about, he's in the same jacket. I remember that being said about somebody. 
And that's because, imagine you bought a jacket and you're wearing your jacket often as you're meant to do, but that wasn't seen as cool because people are now rubbing you out like, you've really got one jacket because of Facebook. And I think some girls got a bit of stick for like maybe being a bit revealing. And if you see what revealing it was in that time, it was nothing compared to now. But I don't remember any any real pressure to like flex and stuff. Like, I don't remember people flexing like man. Then again, remember early 20s, so maybe the money wasn't money in compared to now. But yeah, that was what that was my recollection of Facebook. And obviously social media is a relatively new phenomenon. So it wasn't fully integrated with society as it was now. We didn't really have celebs on Facebook. There was like kind of like maybe fan pages and stuff. Um, like Facebook was like your thing where you interact with your brothers and that. And obviously people were like kind of moving to people on Facebook. Yeah, that was that was a thing. But it wasn't what social media network, what social media is today. I don't remember face from my recollection Facebook having a massive impact on society as it does today. Then comes Twitter, right? I remember Uber, Twitter, Ecofans, the apps that you can use, and Twitter. I think I joined Twitter 2009, November 2009 or 2008 or whatever them things. And then Twitter started to grow, started to grow. And Twitter, because of the nature of Twitter, it's live. Like tweets are happening like that, and. In comparison to now, Twitter was definitely a more toxic place than it was now because then the rules of society were not the same as they are now. Completely different. Do you get it? And Twitter definitely had an impact on how people were behaving because people wanted to look... People almost tried to reinvent themselves on Twitter. And I used to always... And I was quite surprised with some of the stuff I saw on Twitter because I'm a young boy growing up in London... So certain things that you're exposed to, like like violence was a real thing in London them times. Like if you're a young man, a teenager, and you're hopping on a bus in an area out of yours, sometimes it could be your own area, you'd, you would think, hmm, am I going to come back off my phone? Is someone going to try to step to man? Is someone going to ask me where I'm from? Or if I know person X? Like that was a real thing. Like, and... Almost every single, I don't think I knew a single boy them times that didn't know somebody personally or know of somebody that had not either shot, stabbed or rushed somebody or been on the ending of a shooting, a stabbing or rushing. Almost nobody. So violence was a real thing and that was something you took seriously. And because of the nature of social media, like social media wasn't that much of a big thing back then so if you said something on msn you're gonna have to back your chat because you're talking to people within your network like your immediate network you don't you're you're probably talking to people within your community right so i was from northwest i was in i grew up in collendale and in broadfalls edgeware so collendale burnt oak edgeware mill hill i'll play football in wembley i play football in alperton rice so like Kingsbury, Queensbury, Bournemouth. So Northwest London, like that was where I was around. So if you said something mad, you're po- you're probably likely saying this to somebody who lives who lives within the vicinity. So you have to back your chat. So I wasn't really used to people saying stuff they had no um what's I looking for? 
I wasn't used to people saying stuff that they had no intention of backing up or addressing in person. Do you get it? So if a man said, yo, I want to do you this, it was very likely that he meant that. And you took it as a real thing. Until I came to social media, and I remember one time a gentleman threatened one of my good friends that he was going to do him something. And, I, and this was when I was at university. This is on Twitter. So this is like 2010. Probably 2009, maybe 2009, 10. Yeah, maybe 2011. And obviously from, from what I've observed in my life, when people say that they, people just don't just say that willy-nilly. So I'm like, roll, like it's a thing. Like, so everything I saw on social media in them times, I took it as gospel. Because what I've grew up with, you couldn't really get away with cat because you had to meet people in real life. For me, to, the majority of friends I had in them times is because I had them from my church, which was in East London, so I knew a lot of people from East London. Football, football, so when I'm playing all around North West London, I'm meeting new people, meeting friends of a friends, or just random people from ball, school, and then obviously, do you know what I mean? So I'm knowing people from my local area, a bit further than my local area through football, and East London because of, East and South London because of church. So, if you had friends, you had, the friends you had, you had to have a outside social media relationship. You had to have a real life relationship because you were calling them on the house phones, calling them on the mobile phones, go in to meet them in town centres or cinemas or go to each other's houses or kicking ball in power league or goals. Do you know what I mean? That was our reality. This social media, I, I never saw the social media stuff coming initially. So yeah, I remember my man took a crowd to my boy. And I was like, so me and my other friend, we're like, yo, what's, what's, what's all this? So we put the pressure on him on social media because we're thinking it's, it's that type of situation. And then lo and behold, I realized, wait, this person is not about it. And we just clowned him because we're like, rah. And that was like my first insight to how social media allows you opportunity to present whatever version of yourself or your fantasy version of yourself that you want to present because you can type of thing. And then I would instantly liken social media to school. Because in school, you got the cool kid, the best looking girl, the funny guy, the class clown, the quiet kids, the really smart kids. You've got all different types of characters that people could kind of fit into roughly in school, right? And uni was probably my first experience of people trying to reinvent themselves. A lot of boys felt the need to come and be a bad boy and kind of act like they were road at uni. I'm like my guy you're paying three bags a year. You're getting into debt. You're in an area that's hundreds, um, tens of, tens, maybe hundreds of miles away from your home. You're, you're here to study. Why did it, it was very strange, but, boy, <laughs> looking back at it, it was very strange, but people did that. And people did on social media. And actually people wanted to play the role of the most popular person because why would you reinvent yourself to be the most unpopular person? I'm in no sense. And people, and what was popping on social media initially was shock value, right? Shock value and humor. So, this is the way you get on social media. You have the most popping tweets because they're either really shocking or really funny or you're really good looking. That's how you got seen on socials. So, people were saying outrageous stuff, which we've seen. Um, over the last few years people's tweets been dug up from that time but in the context of them times not everybody thought it was outrageous Our people were making jokes about period blood and and rape and stuff and even then I was like this is weird but people said anything them times 
cool. So that was when it kind of felt like a little eco chamber. And obviously over the years, Twitter's monthly users increase, increase, and so did Instagrams. So I'm gonna speak on Instagrams initially, Instagram initially, right? Then I'm gonna get into the crux of my ramble. Cause this took way longer than I thought. Guys, we've seen so many people make ridiculous money from crypto. Some of them are friends. They're not bringing me in. I might have a bit about that. But did you know, is it also easy for you to do the same? The Copy My Crypto membership site shows you the coins that YouTuber James McMahon personally holds and allows you to copy him. It's like having a big brother who knows what he's doing. You don't need to know a thing about crypto or to invest. You simply just do what he does. Kind of like my little brothers. They just copy me. Everything I wear, they copy. All the music I listen to, they copy. Now they're seen as the cool kids. It's a scam. So let me tell you more about James. He runs the Crypto with James YouTube channel, which despite heavy censorship, has over 17,000 subs and over a million views. Since March 2020, he has told his viewers to buy 26 crypto coins. Had you put 100 bucks into each one, you will now be worth over $66,000. I don't know why James didn't hit me up himself. <laughs> of the 26 coins, his pick of the year, a coin called Phantom, is currently up over 440 times for when he said. 440 times. Bloody hell. That one call alone has retired a couple people, including people in their 20s and 30s. Remember, this is public knowledge. You can go on YouTube and verify this yourself. So don't think that this is a big scam. You can go check. Um, so if you'd like to join the 1,300 members who copy James, then what you just do is to stop what you're doing and head over instantly to copy my crypto. That's copymycrypto.com forward slash disu. So the fact you listen to Disonomics, you know what disu. That's D-I-S-U. You'll not only find proof of everything I said, but my listeners get full access for just a dollar. Which is like, what, 75p if you listen in the UK? Easy peasy. You won't find this anywhere else. You'll find this offer anywhere else, but you need to move quick because this offer ends soon. You can't come and DM me on Instagram or Twitter. Oh my God, this offer's gone. So that's copymycrypto.com forward slash D-I-S-U. So that's copymycrypto.com forward slash D-I-S-U. Don't take this offer lightly. He's a real deal. Go visit the site right now, ASAP. Instagram at first year was just vibes, fam. People were uploading pictures of anything, bro. Selfies, pictures of family, pictures of them reading a book, pictures of coffee, sunsets. It was a really tight vibes. There was no Insta DM. You couldn't DM people. There was no stories. I don't think there was even videos. I remember they had to create Insta DM as a separate app. And I thought that was a bit weird, like, why do I need to DM people on Instagram? So I never I never had Insta DM. So that's how Instagram was. Then of course, Instagram got bigger and bigger and bigger and more. And as so social media got bigger and we had celebrities getting on social media, I think that also sort of changed the game. Obviously, as technology increases, remember smartphones, the very first smartphones were like what? The Blackberry Curve, the Blackberry Bolds. Then you had... Um, but this is like 2009 to 2013, iPhone 3, iPhone 3GS. And then the more and more people got smartphones, the more and more technology improved, the more and more people got on social media. And the bigger it got, and then the more and more people get on social media, and obviously celebrities get on it. Brands get on it, and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then the bigger it gets, it becomes more and more a part of our daily lives. Now, how has things changed? Now, let's look at Instagram. 
Instagram has had such a dramatic impact on the landscape of life. So if I'm looking economically, Instagram is consumerism.com. Ads everywhere. From a data perspective, and that's why Facebook made like $40 billion of profit, I think last year, something along those lines. Think about it from the ads perspective. How advertising works is like you need data and ads. That's why they call data the new oil because before people had like all this data, they would just kind of like kind of guess maybe focus groups, a bit of research, whatever, to what kind of people want and kind of have a rough idea of where to put ads in certain areas or put ads in certain TV shows or certain YouTube videos or certain regions on the bus, train, whatever, cool. But data makes things better because if you have data on what people do and what people search and what people like, you know what to target them, right? There's a reason. There's, have you noticed how your Insta ads always seem to be bang on stuff you want to buy? There's a reason for that. Like I'm seeing all oh, these nice these nice trainers, all oh, these watches. It's because that's what I'm into. That's what I've been liking on the gram. And of course, the, the consumerism on Instagram has gone through the roof. And please, this is not a criticism. I don't give back. I want people to make their money. And I have no issues with influencers. I'm actually very, very for influencers. And deep this, whereas before brands would pay like your A-listers or your and your B-listers, I don't know, Tom Cruise, Angelina Jolie, um, Chris, um, I don't know, Chris Rock, because you just, just got slapped by Will Smith. Today. All these big stars will be on the ads for L'Oreal, Pepsi, um, sport athletes with Nike, um, rappers, actresses, comedians all like the biggest names models will be used by brands to advertise their merchandise their products and services their goods and services now what influencers did was provide you somebody who's designed that the consumer trusts this person looks up to this person maybe relates to this person they're more accessible it's the perfect medium to advertise your your product, I'll use um, one of my G's, Melissa, Mel's wardrobe, bro. I've had girls tell me, "Oh, if Melissa says I'm buying this is lit, I'm buying it." That's perfect for a brand. You got somebody who's highly skilled, massive audience, and more importantly, influential. They, you know, there's data to back this up that this person can convert your products um advertisements into sales and of course brands pumped money into influencers now well obviously i'm not a man obviously i'm a man sorry <laughs> i'm not a woman in it but deductive reasoning common sense and speaking to women and reading their opinions, even the ones I don't know reading their opinions, you can see the impact this has. Basically, the crux of my whole thing is hierarchy, right? And how social media 
has really made us look at hierarchies in life for what they are. It's kind of magnified hierarchies and it's uncomfortable for people to look and be shown the hierarchy live and direct in the summertime screen. Especially if where that person sits in, in said hierarchy is not ideal for that person. And social media exacerbates it, if that's the word, I can't. I don't know what's wrong with me today. So I know I'm going over this, I'm going to try it tight in. So, okay, cool. So let's look at it from, from the things from the woman's perspective. Women, on average, are judged their, their valuation in society, and this is partly biological and partly um, and heavily um, socialised, on their attractiveness. And men are heavily socialised and part of this also biology are judged on their resourcefulness, their ability to provide, to earn. No, I'm not saying this is the only thing that values you, but let's have it right. The people who are on average or tend to be deemed as high value in each gender have those things. Not to say that if a man is not super attractive, he's not high value, he is. But that's what tends to judge that's what tends to separate people in the hierarchy, right? Cool. Now, Instagram can highlight both of these things. Well, it can definitely highlight the perception of money. <laughs> That's not necessarily the actuality of it, but definitely beauty and attractiveness, right? On social media, especially Instagram, and I've seen on Twitter, I could look at a girl's display picture and I could guess that she has X amount of followers and I'm almost never wrong. If anything, sometimes I under underestimate the guess. And I'm sure ladies and men listen to this too. You see a particular look and you think, yeah, this person's probably an influencer or model. Da, da, da. They've got bare followers. Simply because as humans, we like attractive people. We, It is a positive trait. So the more attractive you are, the more the, the higher percentage chance that you're going to have a higher social media following. Simply because, especially on Instagram, when it's about the aesthetics, people are going to like how you look, especially if you put it together well, right? Now, What's happened is that social media is another form of validation, is another currency, is another, it's almost like another life. It's almost, we have our eco chambers, but it's like almost like another world, right? And even within this social media world, there's hierarchy. And the hierarchy tends to be with clout followers. So if somebody's got a, lot, a load of followers, there's a certain equity in that because people chase followers. Their behavior shows this. The fact that people use the app often, the fact that people quote unquote still tweets copy people's tweets and post it because it, it could gain retweets the fact that people will on twitter they'll pin their most retweeted tweet because they gain some form of utility from that and part of amassing a certain amount of following is beauty if we're looking at it from a woman's perspective right and then if you're a young woman or elderly woman or medium woman whatever sorry my language my articulation this is very poor i apologize people this is poor for a podcaster. <laughs> Bro, let's have it right, yeah? If you're a, a insert woman A and you look in the gram and you see influencer B, yeah? You're looking at her, you're thinking, boy, this woman is banging. She is gorgeous. She has the body that I'm going to the gym. Potentially, I wish I had this body. She's got such a great body. She's got such a great face. Oh, look at this birthday post. It's her in a hotel bed with loads of rose petals. Um, shopping bags of Dior, Louis, Gucci, Bottega, Goyard. Oh, look at her. She's got this, this Chanel bag I want. Oh, she's staying in this hotel I want to go to in Dubai. Da, 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 da. Oh, she's got all these brand deals. Of course, 
a person will desire that. Who will not desire to be good looking? Who will not desire to have to be perched to have a seemingly great relationship or have people purchase lovely gifts for you or have the best drip and to be sent free stuff and be paid to look fly and cute and creative from some of the brands that you, us everyday people are paying to wear and people are paying you to wear their stuff. So naturally, people see this and want to climb the hierarchy. That's why your Instagram feed does not look like my Instagram feed back in the days or probably your, your own Instagram feed before. Instagram feeds used to be in chronological order. There's no algorithms showing you things that you wanted to see, blah, blah, blah. And there's a reason why you'll see a million pictures of a young lady posing outside of a luxury designer store because somebody thought of that was a creative idea and they've been ran with it because that's the vibes now. Hierarchy. People don't want, people want to climb the hierarchy. And in life, I see life as a giant bell curve, right? A bell curve is, it kind of goes up like an upside down U. So imagine a U shape, but upside down. Yeah, so you have, so if you have 100% of people, you have like zero to 10% in the very bottom. So let's say we're talking about um, speed, like incredibly slow people, zero to 10% of them. Then you've got the incredibly fast people, like the Tyree Kills, the Fia Walcotts, Usain Bolts, another zero to 10%. Like, so that's the top 10%. And that leaves you with 80% of everybody else. And they're like in the middle. You have some people who are bang in the middle average, some people below average, very much below average, above average, very much above average. Then you have the elite, then you have the very, very worst, right? And that's what it's like in hierarchy. With attractiveness, money, IQ, height, where you could almost put a bell curve for almost everything, law of averages. And so the, major the overall majority of us are not going to be in the top 10% most good looking people. But social media, the way it's designed, every, not everybody, a significant portion of people have a pursuit of that. And that impacts how people view the world due to social media. And from a male's perspective, I'll speak from a man's perspective, right? Male influencers, you're trying to get a, a out and out male influence. Women are more, on average, more interested in people. Men are more interested in things. So if you speak to 10 random women, like if I speak to 10 random women I know, they probably watch a lot of who do a lot of vlogging everyday stuff. Whereas men, we don't tend to watch a YouTube of vlogging in real life. Men are more interested in things. So it might be sports. So we will look at sports stars. It might be gym. You might look at personal trainers. People might, people's thing might be tech. People's thing might be cars. People's thing might be business. Like it's more like a particular subject. So it doesn't make us better or worse than women. We're just different, right? So the male influencers are going to be athletes, entertainers, so rappers, maybe R&B stars, maybe actors, podcasters, YouTubers as well, right? So men on social media, they see the hierarchy as cool. Yo, um, I don't know, Blade Brown, he just got this new AP, the skeleton one. Oh, I need to get that. Yo, Travis Scott's dropping these new trainers. I need to get that. Oh, ASAP Rocky's rocking the dunks with the cargo pants on top. I need to drip that. 
And this coincides with the increase in the price of luxury goods, trainers, again, hierarchy. Men want to be seen as the most, everybody wants to be desired. Let's not cap. Some people may not, the asexual people, them, I don't speak on them, but most people want to be desired, right? So even men are chasing this on social media. So you'll see guys might start posting, like I've had girls complain that guys post like, they try to force money. They try to show what car they're driving. They try to show they work in a city or what watch they have or where they're eating and oh, how much bottles they're buying. So again, hierarchy. And social media has made it very, very much in our face where we sit in a hierarchy. And with the access to people at the top of this hierarchy, so before social media, you wouldn't, you just see your celebs, celebs tend to be the higher, top of the hierarchy in, our, in, in the gaze of the average person. Your celebs, your athletes, your actresses, your entertainers and whatnot. And obviously the very, very top professionals it's like the best surgeons, the best investment bankers. Da, da, da. We don't really see how they live. We don't see how they get on. But with social media, you can see the house is this. You can see the houses they have, the style of the houses. You can see more of what they wear on an everyday basis. You can see what they eat, where they go on holiday. And this is where we start to see the replication on social media. For example, Drake wore a Canada, um, uh, a Montclair jacket, orange Montclair jacket in his Touchland, Touchlanding, Hotland Bling video. Montclair said the sales of that jacket went up 690 something percent the next day because we've seen Drake wear it. That's the power of social media. Now, that's how a lot of things become popular. Hakasan, Nobu, Novikov, Sexy Fish, all these restaurants, these high-end restaurants, a lot of them start to gain more um, notoriety to the average person, not to foodie, because people who are into food, they may not already know about these places. Yeah? But to the everyday person who are not, is not into um, um, fine dining, a lot of people now, more people now would have heard of Hakasan in 2022 than they would have if social media didn't exist. Facts. Rappers are saying it in their lyrics. Influencers, celebrities are posting it and tagging their places on their Instagram. And then you see everyone else do the same thing. Big hierarchy. We all want to be at the top of the hierarchy. And what's interesting is that even with another thing that I find interesting is the rise of social justice on the internet and see me yeah, I'm a super duper observant analytical person so I've been observing and analysing social media for many a year right and even a social justice thing I felt like this is so good and then quickly I clocked a trend I clocked a trend hierarchy previously on social media as I said to garner attention Really funny, really good looking, really outlandish, right? And some forms of outlandish might not get you anywhere because people might not like it. 
so you might just get you pammed. But those are the ways you get noticed, right? And people want to be noticed. People want to be at the top of the hierarchy. They don't want to be part of the average Joes. They want to be at the top of the pops, right? Now, people who previously were in the middle or towards the bottom of the hierarchy on social media found notoriety because people started to listen to them because of the social justice coverage. Same way, for example, like um, there's people now who have loads of followers because of crypto and because they know a lot about crypto and people want to make money from crypto and interested in crypto. So now they've climbed the social media totem pole simply because of that they've got knowledge to distribute crypto. And of course, you can understand why people want to follow people to learn about this, right? So what happened was not only did you have the people who were generally socially conscious and pushing like for social justice, whether it be in their own subgroup or across the board call, you had people who I believe do care about social justice, but also saw as opportunity to push themselves further up the totem pole. And the way I was able to tell this is by what they used as content because it was content because I'm like this isn't a social issue this isn't a social issue but if you manipulate things enough you can make it a social issue I'm like well, if you're in the context of that situation that's not an issue whatsoever Look, for example I remember this is an example a random one I remember um, see if you if you ever watch I don't watch F1 but I've always been into sports so I've watched BBC Eurosports so I know Enough that in F1, there's a podium, just like in athletics, one, two, three, if you win, and then they all spray champagne on each other. And sometimes, like, some of the people around the podium get wet, like some of, like, um, the ladies who are presenting awards, whatever, right? And there was a picture of somebody spraying champagne, and it was going towards one of the ladies working at the F1, and her face wasn't the best pleased. And a woman wrote a whole article about sexism, da 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 and then the F1 fans absolutely smoked her, smoked out her boots. And because they know, she was like, oh, you will never do this to a man. They do it to each other. They primarily do it to each other. And because that was a freeze frame, naturally, if there's liquid going towards your eyes, you're not, you might not in a split second have a big grin. But somebody showed like the video, you could see the laughter on her face. Now, she might have hated it. Who knows? But if you don't have the context, you can't have that conversation. You just simply don't know. Same way when there was the, Oscar, I think in 2016, Oscars, Oscars are so white, people boycotting, whatever. I didn't speak on it because I don't bang movies like that. I'm of a TV show guy. I don't watch the Oscars. I don't know about a lot of actors or directors. So I'm just, well, I'm just so I didn't chime in on the racism aspect, although I'm very much anti-racism because I don't know enough. I don't know the context. So I let the people who know the context do the talking common sense right but if we're talking about racism in sport then i could be talking because i know the context behind everything because i follow it so that's what people were doing and people were gaining following followings that they would have never ever got before and this was because of hierarchy now some of the things that people now the interesting part is that with the rights of social justice people want to allegedly destroy certain structures like 
people are anti-patriarchy. I get it. Patriarchy is not good for men or women. Like there's there's considerable evidence for that. But what I struggle with is people who are want to like destroy like all these hierarchical structures. And I don't believe they do want to destroy it. I don't believe a lot of people have a general issue with hierarchy. I think people have an issue with where they sit in hierarchy. So for example, I'm sure if I asked people, like if you're a marginalized group, two questions, or two separate occasions, right? One, do you want to destroy the structure that's oppressing you? In isolation, most people say, yeah, of course. But scrap that question. Imagine you ask them this question. Do you want to swap places with the people at the top? I reckon most people will say yes. Now, that's not to criticise these people for that. It's in your best interest. Why would you be at the bottom when you could be at the top? It, it's irrational to stay there. Although you may think being the system itself is immoral, it's completely irrational to be to stay to be at the bottom when you can be at the top. Similar where a lot of people are anti-capitalism, but they will still work hard to earn money because it's irrational not to do so. You can, be, you can hate the system, but you're still in it, so you have to play the game, do you get it? And that's what I believe, that's what I find so interesting about social media. You cannot avoid hierarchy. Again, go to the bell curve. We have different capabilities and different abilities in different arenas. If we're talking about pure f- f- humor, Look around your friendship group. There's some people who are way funnier than the others. You have some people, look at your friendship group. I'm sure ladies now, you know in your friendship group, there's one of your friends that might get the most attention. There's one of your friends that might not get as much attention. Man, them, you could say the same. Man, them, you know that, okay, cool. So one of my boys, he's got bare money. So my boys, mm, there's hierarchy and everything. Why? Because we live in, we have to have measurements. There has to be a scale. You don't, we don't know what love is without hate. We don't know what beauty is if, if we don't think, find things unattractive. We don't know what, we can't say LeBron James or Auntie Joshua at all if we can't also say, oh, my auntie's short. We don't know big without small. We don't know large. I mean, we don't know wide without thin. We don't know, we don't know far without close. We need scale and measurements because it helps us understand. And there is hierarchy. There is not, there's not a single part. I'm not sure if there's any part of the world that doesn't, or any part of life that doesn't work without hierarchy. Because hierarchy provides structure. And I think what's happening is that in with social media, you see it. And some people, you know, like let's let's use the let me even use the attraction attraction popularity right see on twitter you have almost you speak to someone in japan and i've seen in my own two eyes that guys that in terms of if you look on average and if you were to scale out looks charisma fashion um finances all the things character all the things that matter for a man and you have and you you rank everything out of 10 and you average it up guys who in the market ladies will say because they've said it <laughs> that these guys are average at best pursuing 
what guys will say very top elite girls but in the real world on average it just doesn't work like that but because of social media maybe this person might have a big following da, 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 da. he may feel oh I've got I've got 3,000 followers people laugh at my tweets this girl laughs at my tweets maybe I'm on her level type of thing and vice versa some ladies may think that because all their followers tell them that they're beautiful they then step into the real world I mean no, let me say the real world the actual world outside social outside of the eco chamber of social media and then what's the actual world is telling the boy is telling the lady different and the mad thing about social media eco chambers is that people will tell you that it's the system's fault oh it's the system that's broken when reality is maybe we just need to accept where we sit in particular hierarchies and if we don't like where we sit we strive to do things to improve it so for example if you're a gentleman and you don't like where you sit in a hierarchy okay cool maybe you want to better yourself maybe it's your character that needs work maybe you need to be more confident maybe you need to be a nicer more friendlier person maybe you need to be a bit more masculine maybe you need to go to the gym get in shape maybe you need to work hard to get your money up do you know what I mean those are maybe things that you can help push hierarchy. by the end of the day we are who we are and it's important that I think that we have confidence in who we are also know that we can improve but not be delusional Social media, I think people feel like you could just get have anything, and it's weird because you don't want to be like Debbie Downer that you shouldn't have big dreams. But at the same time, we live in a real world, you know, and we're all kind of competing against each other in a weird way. There's a finite amount of resources. I don't know, maybe I'm being too harsh, but yeah, that was my ramble. Let me know what you think. Um, I'll probably do this again, maybe in a YouTube video, and I'll probably be a bit more coherent, but I thought. It'd be cool to kind of speak from the hip and just uh, shoot from the hip and, like, and let people like decide and let me know what you think about social media, how it impacts hierarchy and how we value ourselves. Because yeah, I think it's very, very interesting. Like, I've been on social media where there was a phase where thin petite women was in and I saw like my timeline and other people's timelines of people saying ladies trying their best to get thin. And then the thickness phase came. And now everyone wants to eat and go gym. Some people go to do surgery. It's so interesting to me. But yeah, let me know what you think, people. Until next week, peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.